It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and sometimes superheroes, so let's talk it all out. Ooh, all the time superheroes. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, what if we're getting multiverse ready? Yeah, hmm? did you read what? that as if what if was italicized? Because that's, that's how I heard it, Chris. Dot, 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 Mike. That is in the title. Uh, we'll talk more about that right at the top of the show. TMNT Mutant Mayhem reveals its voice cast. Surprise, surprise. Heck, big, big list here. Heck yes. Uh, and we'll talk about that. The Mando returns on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And all week I've been doing that theme song. Like I've been oh, whistling it. Like, like so once good. you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, there it is. But... Uh, we'll we'll talk about more about the mute. The mute. There's actually some news with the music on that later. Not, not anything that affects anything, but it's, it's interesting. And more. And yeah, more, the, Mike. It's one of those the, weeks. The music of Star Wars. I'm not going to say it's yeah. like underrated by any means, but I would say it's almost more unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. Because you always think of everything but the music first when it comes to Star Wars. But then when you're in it, you're like, oh yeah, it sounds so well, good. I, I love it. I would say, but if you hear the music, you know immediately it's Star Wars. I, oh, I yeah, guess that's sure. the other part. Like like John Williams, uh, he didn't have to go so hard for us on all those <laughs> movies. Uh, yet he did. Even even on the ones we hate, Mike, he still brought mm-hmm. the bangers. And yeah. um, I even love this new this new era of Star Wars music that you know is definitely John Williams influence. But I believe they do have like you know some new creators you know, mm-hmm. working on the sound kind of yeah. on this new stuff. And it just, it all sounds like great. It all sounds like it's in the same world. So ooh, it, what a nice warm hug <laughs> when you hear, when you hear those sounds. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah. I was going to say, it's not just me because the sounds too. Cause like in my head, I always hear like the, the tie fighters that screech through space, uh-huh. right? Like they always have, like, you know, a blaster sound, you know, a tie fighter sound, um, you know, going to warp speed or, or you know, hyper speed. It, they, it's always there. It's great. They definitely put, you know, the sound effect in Star Wars when they're like kind of like those um, those big laser beams that are like those big, like long channels. And they're usually like a dude behind a moving. It's like oh, yeah. kind of one of those things. They lifted that and put it right in the last Ant-Man movie. I'm sure yeah. it was like uh, to pay homage, not like just cribbing or stealing. But yeah. when... Um, Michelle Pfeiffer kind of stops that conga line of people or whatever, oh, conga, yeah, yeah. you know, like the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the people in like the <laughs> quantum desert or whatever. Uh, they had definitely had one of those. So yeah, you can't escape the sounds. They're everywhere. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, not at all. And I would even say like to, to the point, you know, while we, we, I wouldn't say Bo- book of Boba Fett's the best thing. I always get that song stuck in my head. Like that, you know, the, the, the chanting, right? And mm-hmm. then you find out that they're literally just saying Boba Fett over and over again at the end of the, the show, which was, the the it was pretty funny to find those lyrics, but uh, yeah, we got Star Wars. We got do we have Star Wars? We don't have any Star Wars. Oh, the end of the show. We're gonna talk Mandalorian end of the show, folks. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, it's fine. Um, we but we will talk. Uh, I guess spoiler free, but you know, third season of this show, we, we're probably gonna jump right in the spoilers at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, you, but we'll, you, we'll give you a heads you, up. Yeah, you do make a good point. So um, yeah, go go watch Mando. It's great. That's right. That's right. So Mike, um, I, I I I toyed with this for way too long last night, but you bought a new little toy. 
and I have editing skills that could use this toy in fun, unexpected ways. Uh, did you do something? Little, Chris, I did tried you attempt to, to do something. <laughs> I did. I, I tried to take Mike bought a pop up green screen not to steal his thunder, <laughs> and I have a video of him opening this this thing up. And I'm like, I have so many things I could put behind this green screen, uh, but I was on my phone and not on my my computer. Um, so I, we don't have a lot of to share this week, and I, I will say on my end. Um, I, I don't want any, any sympathy, but our, our, one of our cats had surgery, so we've literally been tending to a healing cat all week. And um, well, it may not sound much, but it is, we have been trying to like stay with her and, and make sure she's good. And she is; she's fine. She's back to back to herself almost. Um, and, but but I didn't get to do anything fun, Mike. You got this. Got to go <laughs> thrifting and, and, and tell a, us more about this. What a fun find! What a fun find! We had a couple. Um... We had a couple pieces that we wanted to take into our local Goodwill, and of course we're over there. Let's stop in. You know, my wife is much more of the thrifter than I am, so she's looking at the old records, you know, looking through clothes and books and stuff like that. And I always walk over to, like, the the clunky furniture like and appliances area just because it's like a blast to the past to kind of see all of these. They're usually always, like, very old stereos, right? You know, like the big speakers that are just made with, like, thin particle board. that that, And then the tiniest, narrowest diameter wire I've ever seen in my life comes out of the back of them and then goes into some sort of gigantic, like, luminescent console. It's hilarious to imagine what it was like in the early 2000s before, like, you know, people just had like iPods right oh, oh, oh yeah and you can like imagine like you know that in a home and all that home all had wood paneling to match <laughs> yes. those speakers as well so absolutely yeah and then out of the corner of my eye I see this really long like metal black case I'm like what is this over here just resting on top of a couple chairs I pop a little hood open and I just see a spool of green thread on the inside I was like oh <gasps> What? So I immediately set it on the ground and I pull the pop-up green screen up and it's perfect. Like nothing's wrong with it. Like I was expecting like the mechanics behind it to be totally busted and that's why they just gave it up. Or maybe like a huge stain across the back of the screen. But no, it was immaculate in one piece. Uh, The tag said 30 bucks and I looked it up on Amazon. Brand new. It's like 150 bucks. And um, I was still like a little peeved though because I was looking at this. I was like, back in my day when I was a kid, you would never find anything at a Goodwill that was $30. Like the max would be like 10 bucks. So I was still like a little peeved that I'm paying these inflated Goodwill prices. But I was like, nah, 30 bucks. I don't even have the immediate plans for this bad boy. But I brought it home. You were at a a nice Goodwill. I'll tell you that right now. Compared (laughs) to the Goodwills I'm around, you were living large. Yeah, this is one of the advantages of uh, going to a Goodwill in a metropolitan Los Angeles area, right? You know, everybody's uh, failing and trying to become a content creator every other day. So their stuff eventually filters into a, into a used thrift mm-hmm. store. So I'm glad I was there when I was. So now I just have this pop-up green screen. So I'm trying to think of like fun things to do with it. You know, maybe one day if we are uh, ambitious enough to turn this into a video podcast, I can pull it up behind me and I could virtually yeah. be anywhere I want in the MCU. So That's if right. you are if you were on if you follow me on Instagram you got to see my Instagram stories of me acting a fool in front of the screen screen for a bit it sounds like Chris maybe attempted 
yeah, to I put did. me into <laughs> another dimension. <laughs> I could do it on a phone, and I was like, ooh, there's, like, so many things I could put behind here. Like, I think I at one point I had Homer sliding into his, like, you know, hedge <laughs> at one point kind of behind it. Like, oh, it, cool. it, it, it was fun. There was some good stuff in there. And, and green screens are fun. Like, don't like, don't let people – we have come so far in technology in the past oh, 10 my. years alone. Chris, this is a <sighs> great segue for something that I didn't even put on the top of the show oh, here. Oh, my God. I are knew the, it. I, the telepathetic. Two, the two TikTok filters right now that are popping off like crazy because they're using some advanced like AI image recognition software that like TikTok's being very cloak and dagger about. It's the teenage filter and the bold glamour filter. And they're like, they're wild, man. So like these filters go on your face and like, you can't get them to like jitter around and jump around. They just, they're following you just so effortlessly. You can put your hand right on your face. There's like no demorphing of the filter. It's like really bananas, honestly. And uh, the bold glamour one, you know, that that's fun to put on, but not really great if you have like body dysmorphia, right? Because it makes you look like like a Kardashian or it gave me this like crazy weird like cartoon jawline almost where I was like, oh, my God, I, there's no way a human face ever looks like this. Um, but it's just it just feels so effortless. But I think that one's a little less interesting. The teenage filter is oh, no. wild because if if it works just right, it literally makes you look like a teenager again. So there's a lot of crazy videos out there where you see like these older people like um, like that are significantly wrinkled. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting wrinkled, right? But you know they're very wrinkled. You, the, the their age and their past have just worn them down. They put this teenage filter on and they're just like amazed. It's like they're looking at an old friend that they hadn't seen in like you know 40 years. And it's like kind of some of them get like pretty emotional, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah, go give the teenage filter a try. It's like it's like a trip. It's weird. Is this on? This is on TikTok. Only? Yeah, this is this is on TikTok. Okay. It, it like it smooths all your wrinkles. It's like slightly rounding your face too, uh, to kind of make you a little bit more like um, fresh out the womb, if you will. Uh, it kind of it brightens up your features a little bit more too. But it these filters are getting crazy. Like you could like you could use these almost in real time, right? You know, if somehow you could get somebody to chat with you like through one of these filters, they might just think that's what you look like. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, watch out. Uh, if, if you are single, your odds of getting catfished have uh, astronomically skyrocketed just in yeah. the last week. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I don't, we don't use TikTok in the house. So I didn't know about these filters, Mike. So thank you oh, for keeping oh, they're me crazy. Yeah, they're... up to date with the kids. Well, like if, if you, if you, if you look past like the, the quirkiness of the filters, right, and like the TikTok ecosystem, it's more of just like from a technology point of view, it's like, oh, these filters aren't just tracking your face anymore and like slapping kind of like, you know, a virtual sticker on it that looks realistic, which is how they've all looked in the past. Like now they're using like machine learning and artificial intelligence to like make them crazy Mm -hmm. so uh just be on the lookout nothing is real anymore (laughs) back what i was gonna say before mike jumped into these uh teenage filters that everyone is trying (laughs) right now uh is that you know i remember you know we used to have a very very powerful computer and very very specialized plugins to do green screen right and Mm -hmm. now you can literally do it on your phone like oh yeah it's doing it live on all your apps so i'm like oh well that's that's pretty fun um that's that's it's like built into discord isn't it yeah or no, OBS, uh, yeah. that's what I'm Well, well OBS, it, it, Teams, you know, Skype, everything has those mm-hmm. now. So, like, they, they, they natively put those in there. So, uh, very, very fun, very cool stuff. So, yeah, check that out. 
But um, let's jump into let's jump into the news, Mike. Let's get into this because um, this, this is interesting to me, and you're gonna have to Google this because I had a link and the link broke because it was taken down. Uh, okay. Ironically for copyright, but the What If series on Marvel, right? The multiverse um, season two will supposedly introduce a new character called Kahori. Um, or, or maybe it's just Corey. I, I don't know how to pronounce this because it was re- revealed through a Funko Soda line of, of things. Um, was which was that on... bef- was that before they put the soda in a dump, or no, after? Oh, no, no, they didn't put any <laughs> sodas there. Just the regular Funkos. Um, but like the the interesting part with this is, you know, um, this is for sale. You can buy this this little Funko soda, but they have like taken like made people take this down for like copyright stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. actually I found I found a instagram link i'm gonna link it in here mike if you all can't right find great it. um so literally it is a uh native american uh character right I, oh I would say yeah it I can see. it can like mm-hmm. a pocahontas um and this character has never been in uh the mcu or comic books to date so uh they're creating new characters for the what if show uh now which is great because we've always wondered like it's not just hey what if you know, uh, you know, what if was it Killmonger? You know, became Iron Man's body. Like all those ones were kind of silly, right? Like they didn't really do a whole lot. They just used what we knew and changed them a little bit. Like this might be even lead into what people are rumoring a sixteen Marvel sixteen oh two universe that we see in What If. Like the comic books, like the year is sixteen oh two. What if all the Marvel characters existed then instead of you know the two thousands? Yeah, that would that could be it. This is very interesting, right? We I don't think we've yet kind of broached this topic of, you know, the MCU kind of being big enough on its own to just make characters out of thin air. They've all kind of been supported by the comic books at some point in time. Yep. So I mean I think this is interesting. The character design looks pretty cool, I would say with the with the bold like kind of blue and white colors. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, I'm down it, for this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, another rumor that had kind of popped up was uh, that um, that this might be related to possibly um, Echo a little bit, um, knowing that, you know, she's got kind of Native American, you know, history in the in the comic books and TV shows, or maybe even a Val- the colors for this are Valkyrie, right? Maybe is this a, an Earth Valkyrie, uh, like, oh, a, maybe. like a Midgard Valkyrie? So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get more as we go here. The other part of the What If news this week is that the 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 third season of What If um, that we know they might get three or four, uh, at least the third will wrap up the show, um, and this because it the multiverse saga will conclude with the King Dynasty and Secret Wars, which is about when the third season of this would drop, Mike. So. Um, no need to dive into a multiverse whenever you wrap up your multiverse saga, right? So no need yeah. to carry on the show beyond that. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they'll kind of reconfigure the uh, kind of animation production teams to maybe take on other animated projects that are outside of a what-if realm. Um, or maybe, I mean, three three seasons for anything nowadays, right, is like an accomplishment. So we can't necessarily go along the path of just like, oh, wow, it only made three seasons, you know. Um, I would just think that maybe they're just okay, like you said, they did the, they did their what a fun. Let's yeah. uh, move along. But I uh, just to clear up earlier, I wasn't saying they, they they should just throw this character into the garbage. Oh yeah, earlier, yeah no, the no, Funko. No. I was referencing some news Chris sent me last week of uh, Funko dumping a lot of its inventory yeah, they, into the yeah, landfills. They had a they had a um, the company Funko had a uh, I guess a company overhaul. They're sitting on too many products in the warehouses and they're just gonna trash it right off as a loss. So um, that doesn't say anything about Funko as a whole. I think they're still kicking. They're still putting stuff out there, but. 
I believe it had to do with all the stuff like during the the quarantine and pandemic they just set in containers so by the time they hit it was too late and like they missed the window of things releasing yeah. so the value is, tanked yeah it is kind of funny because we're hearing about all of these companies doing layoffs because they have all of these extra employees that they just thought the pandemic was going to be around literally forever and they could justify keeping all of this uh fluff right not to you know, degrade somebody's job and call yeah. it fluff. Uh, but I guess if you think about it with physical merchandise, yeah, Funko is like, people are going to be buying Funko's, Funko's out the butt forever. Make them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, nope, not anymore. People went yeah. back out into the real world. Well, I, I, I again, as, as someone who's, who's selling Funko's, I disagree that people aren't buying them, but they're just not buying. Buy, not buying, buying them at the same scale. Yeah, the, well, they're also not, like, they buy when things are hot, right? Like, when, when, when the... When the Mandalorian season three drops and they make Mandalorian season three Funkos, they all sell really fast. Mm. In six months, when there's no Mandalorian on TV, no one's buying those season three pops, right? Like you, you, you jump on the the hype. So if something came over from season a year too late, right? Like no one's out buying Eternals Funkos right now, Mike, uh, because nobody a the a lot of people there were too many didn't buy them, but like. Two years later, no one's buying. Like a year and a yeah. half, like nah, I don't need those. The those Eternals, Eternals Funko is the is the type of Funko that you see at the 99 cent store, right? It's <laughs> just like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. So, um, they're, they're out there, but yeah, anyway, um, thank you for clarifying, Mike, not that the character belongs in the trash, but Funko is <laughs> a lot of stuff in the, in the trash. Um, yeah, what if season two might be this year, might be next year. We'll, we'll keep you guys posted on, on when that comes out. Moving on. This is a, like a double topic here. We're going to talk Hulk slash name or, um, as everyone who's listened to the show for you know, a couple months, even knows, Universal owns the distribution rights to the Hulk movies and anything with Namor solo films, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a deal made with uh, Marvel back in the day before they were big, before they had money. Uh, they own the character rights. Universal owns the character rights to Namor and Hulk, but uh, only for solo movies, distribution rights. So if the original Incredible Hulk, the movie that, um, you know, if you want to go back and watch it to get ready for the upcoming Thunderbolts and... Um, Captain America movie, you can't find it on Disney Plus um, or Hulu. I believe it's only on Peacock right now because that's what um, Universal is own, owns Comcast, right? And that's that's all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't even watch all the MCU. They're, they're not even in box sets because Universal owns the distribution rights. Well, Disney is apparently looking to possibly sell their two-thirds stake in Hulu to somebody. Um, which is wild for me to think of, right? Like, I figured mm. they would just buy it all out and own it forever. But if they sell it, they could look at acquiring the Hulk and Namor rights back from Universal Comcast. Uh, because Universal and Comcast, I believe, own the other third of uh, uh, Hulu along the way. So, oh, so maybe it'll be like a little bit of a handshake deal. Like, yeah, we'll sell our controlling yeah. stake in Hulu, but you're going to have to toss us a little bit our way. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll cut you a deal, but we, we want these two movies. That's why you never see a Namor movie. I believe it's also, that's why Namor is not the primary character on a lot of the advertising for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I believe that was part of the deal. Um, right now, Comcast could put any of these. If, if, if Marvel made another Hulk solo movie tomorrow, uh, or a Namor movie, you know, tomorrow, Comcast, Literally, Universal would be like, yeah, we can distribute these. We can do anything we want with them. You have no say, Disney, no matter how big you are. So it does, uh, it's it does really make funny. Me, it does make me wonder, since obviously, as we always say, we'll never know the final details of these legal documents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I, I wonder, right, if Marvel is flushing out all of these ancillary Hulk characters, you know, like a Hulkling, a She-Hulk, a Red Hulk, mm-hmm. possibly um, the the uh, the Hulk we mentioned last week, right? I wonder if they could make a movie out of these other Hulks. Probably yeah. not. But well, yeah, I guess the streaming shows are always still on the table. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there is the, the idea here that I think Universal only licensed the Hulk at the time, right? Um, mm. Because they didn't do the Spider-Man route where Sony owns all the Spider-Man characters, <laughs> Spider-Man and all his sub-characters. Um, I think they only did the Hulk. That's why we have She-Hulk um, and all these other ones. Um, so it, it could be either way. Now, this report is coming from um, some sort of insider who's in investments at the company. So um, this is a pretty pretty solid take. I don't... Would you want Disney to sell Hulu, Mike? I would much rather them buy it all up and build one Disney Plus slash Hulu app like they do in every other country but America. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get all your stuff in one place. But it sounds like that's not going to be kind of the well, way they I, go. I guess it really just depends, right? Because who, cause Hulu really at its core, if you're talking about just Hulu the service is going to be its users, right? And then the Hulu originals. Now, there are some Hulu originals that I think are really, really great that I enjoy, right? But I don't think the Hulu originals have ever really been the biggest draw to Hulu. I would say it's that you kind of get the chance to watch stuff that would be on network TV kind of like the next day. You're talking like your Abbott Elementaries or back in the day, I know a lot of people would watch Modern Family on Hulu, right? So there's nothing stopping Disney from theoretically, you know, selling Hulu and it's just like, okay, Abbott Elementary, which is an ABC show, instead of being on Hulu right next day, we're just going to put it on Disney Plus next day, right? Now they would be selling away the Hulu original shows, so, you know, um you know, Abbott Elementary, not Abbott Elementary, um, Handmaid's Tale, right? So whoever uh, they sell it to would acquire Handmaid's Tale, right? But they're not going to get, like, all the FX shows, right, that are normally yeah. airing on Hulu, um, I, I, w- I would think, right? Um, so yeah. I guess it's just more of, like, you're, you're kind of more of acquiring the users. So I'm saying, like, Disney could find a way around it, but, I mean, I've had, f- I've, I've had a lot of value come out of Hulu, but it's almost yeah. entirely from being able to watch broadcast television shows because I don't want to set up an antenna and I don't have cable. So right. if they just move that to their proper streaming service, I'm not really missing out. Well, I think it's also, I mean, again, every other country but America, it's one app. They have, it's like Disney, uh, it's Disney Plus Star, and that's what they call that everywhere else, right? Um because they can include even age-restricted content over there. Even the stuff you mentioned, the TV stuff, right? There's been some good Hulu originals, like what Prey was a pretty good one, right? Um, is um, is that what's the other one? The Handmaid's Tale is that Hulu original? Yeah, as yeah, well? yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there are there are some good things, but like to me, it's not enough for me to like subscribe fully to Hulu. But like if there was like, hey, here's Disney Plus Hulu, you can get all your 20th Century movies. You can get some some what day after you know TV streaming shows or bundles of shows and your Disney Plus stuff and I I just love it I'm like this would be fantastic for me like just one home to do it all is is really what we're hoping for at the end of the day Mike so um, we'll we'll cross our fingers see what see what comes up in the next couple I guess months maybe years uh, it may may even go sideways and we may never it may be the same thing forever so we'll we'll, we'll keep you posted. Uh, this, let's shift into DC stuff a little bit here. The Brave and the Bold. 
uh, which is the upcoming Batman movie. Uh, ben Affleck is rumored to d- direct this movie. Oh, um, that, <laughs> that's actually been, smart. That's actually really smart. He's a great director, and maybe this could kind of appease that vocal Zack Snyder minority, mm-hmm. right? Of like, oh, we want our bat flags. Like, well, you got him. He's directing the movie. He's not yeah. in it, but yeah. he is endorsing he, blessing, this new. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's that's smart, and I like yeah. Ben Affleck as a director. He he makes good stuff. Yeah, and, and it seems to be a different kind of Batman movie, right? Like, this isn't, like, your standard fare, um, if you will. Like, the Batman, this is, you know, dealing with Batman slash Bruce Wayne and, and Robin or and his son Damian Wayne. Um, so it's very much not the standard the Batman, right? Or the Batman 2 we're getting on the other side. So it could be very tonally different. It could be really good um, in that regard. Also, you know, Ben Affleck, he was going to direct the Batman solo movie, right, before all the Snyder stuff fell apart a long time ago. So I think he's kind of had an itch or like maybe, maybe a desire to do that. Maybe as a parting gift, right for him. Um, they're like, Hey, you want to maybe direct this movie if the, the price is right for you? So yeah. Um, thanks for staying fit and doing all that CrossFit, not knowing yeah. if you're going to return as Batman. Here's your reward. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you can do this and we'll provide all the Dunkin' Donuts you want on set. Like, you don't, <laughs> don't even worry about it. Um, but yeah, I, to me this is fine. Like I, I, I don't care who directs the movie as long as it's good, right? Like I don't. We we've seen directors again in terms of like the Joker, Todd Phillips. He did the Hangover movies and then went and did the Joker. Like directors can do good stuff. They can do bad stuff. They can do different genres. And you know, um, Ben Affleck has proven himself to do quality work across across the field. So uh, absolutely cool with this, like you said. This is probably going to perk your ears up a little bit, Mike. Uh, Batman Beyond. Uh, apparently, Ooh. an animated movie is rumored to be in the works over at the DC Universe or, or whatever it is, DC Studios, whatever they call it themselves mm, these days. Okay. And the script, this movie was actually written in response to the popularity and success of Into the Spider-Verse back before James Gunn was even there. Ooh, I... Ooh, okay, so... My first initial thought, right, is like, okay, great. I love this idea of everybody kind of like chasing the the uh, creativity and mm-hmm. originality of Spider-Verse. But then there's another part of, in my brain that goes like, are we eventually, is everything just going to look like Spider-Verse? Just how everything well, looked like uh, Pixar, you know, for a while. But, you know, I, I would imagine that they'll take the, um, they'll take the right kind of rules it, and lessons out of that. <laughs> I Well, um to, just to add this in and put it even in here, there are multiple drafts of the script, so that's great. They're still working mm-hmm. on it, right? That's good to know that there's not just one script, there's multiples. Um, James Gunn and, and Peter Safran have not canceled this um, project at, at the current moment. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, they could call in, in five minutes and be like, yeah, don't, we're not doing this. So that's, that's also a good good note. Um, the other thing is I would say Warner Brothers Animation has does a really good job. Even mm-hmm. you know, Maybe it doesn't look like Spider-Verse, but Warner Brothers... They do all the DC movies animated. They they have a full, great animation studio. So I would trust them, right, to do yeah a, a good movie, even if it didn't look like Spider Verse. It would still be quality animation, top yeah. notch. If you but al- but also there is a side of me though that really wants a live action Batman Beyond though. Like you know, I kind of want to see like the kinetic energy that we got to see, kind of like Iron Man fight with in the MCU, but kind of attached to a DC kind of Batman eyes character. I just mm-hmm. think that would be really, really cool. Cause that's what I thought when we had all of those rumors before 
yep. of like a possible Terry live action Terry McGinnis coming to the DC universe. Just it would be so awesome to see like you know just the Batman aesthetics with like the super high technological suit. So I hope yep. we can still maybe get that in the future. I I just want my cake and eat it too. Give me both. Yeah. Give me like the coolest Batman Beyond animated movie I've ever seen, right? And then also maybe later down the line make it live action and just give me all the Batman Beyond. Now, did Batman Beyond have a movie in and of itself? Yeah, as a TV it was show? the it was the Joker one where Mark Hamill uh, returned. I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't know exactly. I don't think there was time travel involved. Was the Joker just like cryogenically frozen or something like that? Uh, I don't remember, me, but it, it was like a cool looking Joker too. They like gave him like leather pants or something. If I remember uh, right, I don't it, know. <laughs> it, yeah, I looked at it. So it's straight. It was a straight to to, to video one. So that makes uh-huh. sense. Um, because I know Mask of the Phantasm went to theaters for a little bit. Now, the the an animated um, movie, you know, 23, 20 to twenty five years after this show, I think a lot of people would be you know hyped for this, right? When we went to San Diego Comic Con in twenty nineteen, people were at that panel hyped for this. You know, you put out animated live action, people are, are are gonna flock towards it. Now, I will say the one sucky part of this is with the death of Kevin Conroy, we don't get that Batman back in this right so mm-hmm. when they make this movie do they recast all the characters do they try to say hey look you know we we can't you know we know kevin Conroy's right here we don't want to try to replace him with a sound alike and everybody else sound is the same do we you know go i guess a little higher on, on that notch like um I, I don't know maybe they get their batman in the dc universe to voice it right and then they right. have terry they can they can bring back little fredo back as um, I'm sending McGinnis, I'm, but Chris, I'm sending you a, a joke that oh, no. only works in a visual medium, but I think I'll we'll describe it to the audience here in real time. So here's the first photo I sent you, right? Okay. I want I want you to ingest it and tell the audience what you're looking at. Okay, I'm looking at a Joker. It appears to be in a very black, shiny outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, is the the Joker from the Batman Beyond movie. Yep, looks um, just yeah. like the one from the animated series, um, just maybe whiter skin and black hair. Yeah, he's more streamlined, futuristic, yep. if you will. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, I'll send you what the kids would call uh, same energy type of photos, um, and okay. let me know what you're let me know what you're seeing. Here, oh yeah, yeah. I see. I see. Grew. I see. Grew. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. It's, I. I think. Look at those! I, look at those shoulders! Look at I get the, the pale skin and the sunken think, eyes and the I, pointy I, nose. <laughs> when you say same energy, entirely disagree. I'm actually um, there's actual energy coming off the Joker one. Um, the Gru one has nothing. Same posture, same design. Yes, um, evil. I, you know, I would even say if you can find a picture of Doctor Evil from from the first Austin Powers movie, probably looks pretty close to both of these. Right, but. Well, We'll put it to you, audience. Go yeah. look up Joker from uh, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, and then immediately yeah. uh, Google <laughs> uh, Gru but, from Despicable but Me. The problem is, I I can knowing Batman the animated series, I can hear Mark Hamill's voice in this character. Like I I know his sound and his like demeanor more like and compared to Gru, it's it's not. But like posture wise, you know, design wise, yes, evil, you know. People wear hey, black. They, they both have time. minions, yeah. right? They're both they? tech. They're both technically villains. Mm, mm. Come on, come no, on. No, I'm not giving come it to on. you. There's a there is an there is an N64 game for Batman Beyond the Joker Returns, and PlayStation. Really? It was it was looks like it hit a couple different platforms. We are going down a rabbit hole right now, folks. Oh no! All right, um, let's see here. Came out in okay, 2000. Uh, agree. 
No, I don't, All right. I, I, so it's the same cover as the movie. All right, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what kind of game is it. Looks to be uh, like a final Streets of Rage. If anyone's yes. familiar with Streets of Rage, it is a beat 'em up uh, <laughs> uh, version of it. I'm looking at it right now, and it, and it seems to be the cut. The the uh, the cut scenes are just stills. They're just like uh, mm. they're just il- illustrations with like text underneath it. And you just run around as Batman. And you just mash the environment up. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, here here's a new ROM for you to go hunt down, Chris, and put it in your arcade cabinet. I've already, I've already got this. <laughs> <laughs> Why but, am I even asking? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't need that. So I'm looking here. Um, oh, okay, 64 and PlayStation One in in 2000. Uh, but it also has a Game Boy version, <laughs> a Game Boy Color version. Oh, so, I can only assume that's the superior one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's probably the one that maybe had the static screens. I, I yeah, I, I couldn't go back and play this, but that would probably be a fun multiplayer game. I would love that. I know the Batman Beyond suit has a lot of advanced technology in it, so it'd be interesting to go down that road. But anyway, Batman. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a live action movie, but the animated movie is possibly still in the works at this moment. Are you familiar with the Arrowverse, Mike, at all? Uh, yes, little, pretty familiar. Perfect. Uh, apparently, um, you know, the, the Arrowverse is set to wrap up later this year, right? Um, with yeah. the ending of The Flash. Yeah, I think they just, like, just maybe last week was the last final day of filming for yeah. The Flash. Yep. Um, and uh, the one of the, the creators of this, Mark Guggenheim, um, he, he's been out talking about how he he's upset. I, I don't mean this to sound facetious or like making fun. He's upset that James Gunn never reached out when they took the DCU job because he was like, he's like, I don't want a job. I just want to talk to him like a meeting and say, Hey, he wants, uh, he wants recognition for his attempts to contribute to the grand tapestry that is DC. And these are quotes from him. Um, <sighs> the guy, you know, the Arrowverse in 2015 was like the highlight of superhero TV, right? Like I can't, argue what he, um guggenheim and what's the other guy's name berlanti did mm-hmm. for it I, I cannot fault them for that but you know as the saying goes you either you know die a hero or live long enough to see yourself <laughs> become the villain so like i don't say he's the villain but like your shows have become repetitive and, and kind of burn out over time like i yeah. can't so, yeah right it's like i have mixed feelings too like without knowing the person personally right like if they're just like an egomaniacal hollywood maniac which are a dime a dozen right um i don't care right but let's theoretically put ourselves in the in the headspace where maybe this is just a really nice guy producer always put his head down just trying to make you know good quality work sometimes it didn't work out and just never got the recognition from anybody like i could feel a little bit bad for him but you you have to weave that story in your head to kind of find the sympathy well the other thing with him is you know he's like you know um as as the i guess the creator the um I guess making the foundation of the this uh, Arrowverse, he is not. He's like it never got him another job. He's like you know I, I can be you know it was great. It did well. It made the you know the uh, what was it what was that channel CW like mm-hmm. actually relevant for a while. Um, but he's like it never got me another job. Like he's he's like it never really. So it's like was it even <laughs> worth doing like, because like. Like what is it going on here? Like, is he just like was he just reached out to some sort of like reporter and just decided to complain? I guarantee his bank account is absolutely flush with cash. Uh, so it's really it's really hard to hear the guy out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I think if you if someone's taking over to see and like hey look we we're wrapping up the same time you're taking over. 
and he just wants a meeting like yeah that's fine have a meeting with him like i don't think you know whatever listen to him have have his one meeting send him on his way but like i am looking it up he i've never heard of wizards is carnival row is what he i guess is the big last thing he worked on um and is that just wrapping up? Is that my understanding? Is that Weirdly enough, we watched the first season of the show, and surprise, surprise, a second season just dropped recently. So. That's why I think that's why he's out talking to people. I think, I think oh, they're doing interviews gotcha. for, you know for, for Carnival Row. I'll put it this way. I feel like I'm just I'm prejudging this guy, even though I know nothing yeah. about him. He could be poor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know well, what's even if happening. He's not- even if he's not poor, I do. I think he deserves, you know, for the era of DC that he did do, he did a good yeah. job. I good, think good go good going, Mark. We we yes, appreciate your, I think your will, service. I th- yeah, I think he'll have always reverence from the fan base for helping kind of put this world together right. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's owed a conversation from a new boss that's actually technically not even his boss. Right. You know, like James Gunn is kind of he's in the same kind of like cultural, like nerdy, like and company adjacent. Right. But he has nothing to do with, I believe, the broadcast, you know, superhero universe that is all but wrapping up right now. So, well, I think I I think he does. DC Universe would if they're making TV shows, he has the right James Gunn and Peter Safran. Not just gum, but like they could literally be like, yeah, we're not licensing any more of our characters, like for for television. He could, I would think Arrow, or not Arrow, Flash needed to wrap up before that happened. But like, I think there is a little bit there. But like at the same time, like you know, let, let's just say what it is. We don't have to feel sorry for him. But like, good job, Mark. You did you did a good job yeah. on what you did. And yeah. Also. We could be getting all of this like out of context, right? You know, he very well could have said these words in an interview, but maybe it was just like kind of offhand, right? Of just like, oh, well, has James Gunn talked to you at all? He's just like, no, haven't really heard from him. Not really sure what's going on there. It'd be nice to hear from him. And then like, you know, that was, that was it, you know? (laughs) He, um, he did write, I will say one of, I I always want to close out. One of my favorite video games is actually X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. be- because they made this game for Wolverine, and then they were like, "Hold on, we're actually making a movie. You need to tie the movie into it." So they had this full game already. So if you ever get to play that game, it's one of the best video games ever, based quote unquote on a movie. Even though the game was done a year before the movie came out, um, highly recommend. But he wrote the story for that, which was which mm. was really good because that movie is not good to watch and does not have a good story, but the game is fantastic. So cool. highly highly recommend that. Uh, moving on, surprise, surprise! Detective Pikachu is getting a sequel. Mike didn't see this. Yes, coming. finally. Jeez, we talked, did we talk about this recently? How we, they were like? They I don't never remember did if it this was recently. Yeah. I mean, I I remember when we talked about this when we reviewed the movie like a bajillion years ago, where I was like standing up, like on a podium, yelling at the world, going like. This yeah. is the next wave of movies. Pokemon's going to dominate the box office for like the next decade. And here we are. It feels like a decade later. We haven't even gotten the next movie. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, they, you know, Pokemon hasn't died down. It's still a billion dollar industry, right? Like mm-hmm. it will always be. Um, and Mario Brothers is coming out. So I figured they would do something sooner or later. But we do have confirmation that they are, in fact, working on a sequel. Um, and um, that uh, Chris Galetta who is one of the co-creators of Portlandia and the co-creators of Baskets. Um, you're familiar with that show, right? The mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Okay. When I say that, people are like, what? I'm like, it's the one <laughs> where, um, uh, what's his name, dressed up as his mom. Um, oh, my gosh. He, um, 
Louie Anderson dresses up mm-hmm. as his mom. So uh, it will write the script. And then um, they are currently uh, in talks with Jonathan Crystal, the other co-creator of Portlandia, to direct this movie. So I mean, that's cool. That's an awesome creative team. Yeah, absolutely. And they haven't, I don't think they've done anything since Portlandia, but Portlandia was a funny show, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. a... It's a pretty good sketch comedy show. I wouldn't even know what to do with a second Detective Pikachu, right? Like, the end of the first one ends where the Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds, who was in the Pikachu, gets put back into his human body. Um, and you just have Ryan Reynolds and Pikachu. So do you bring back Ryan Reynolds and, um, what's his name? Was it Justice? Justice what? Smith. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, thing or do you, trying do, you to... do something different? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I don't remember the exact nuances of what happens. But yeah. when Ryan Reynolds got trapped inside of the Pikachu, like, does the Pikachu itself lose all, like, control? Like, so when Ryan Reynolds kind of goes back to his body, like, what happens to the Pikachu that he was just inhabiting? Is that Pikachu just like, oh, that was a really yeah. weird long nap? Or, like, there was a no, demon inside he, of me controlling No, no, me. They, they control, they, they explain, he, it because Mewtwo puts his conscience in, in the Pikachu body, and he's like, yeah, he, the Pikachu was like, yes, please, I will help save this dude, like, kind of thing, like imagine a homeward bound kind of situation like yeah i'll i'll carry his conscience or whatever okay so there was consent to share the same body from the pikachu i would think maybe if you wanted to kind of keep the same a plot device running like maybe they have to solve a crime but Mm. uh they need to go undercover so ryan reynolds like you know pokemon world is full of like technology right that's very fantastical so maybe they meet like a scientist you know, maybe even it's, maybe even it's a scientist that we've seen in the Pokemon universe before, and he's like, "Oh, I've developed a device, you know, to kind of help you like remotely go in there, and you you, yeah. you don't have to be trapped permanently." That, so that's how they go do it. That movie got weird, like people turning into Pokemon there at the end of it. Like they, it's the, it's they, the same. They got wild. <laughs> the Pokemon universe shares a very similar type of vibe that the Harry Potter universe does, where you can have a lot of fun with both worlds if you don't dig too deep below the surface because otherwise things get very weird things get very unexplainable and if you do like you're just like everything's falling apart right (laughs) so you kind of have to be very careful when you make these movies or you'll end up with a fantastic beast and you're just like yeah why didn't the wizard stop world war one like that would have been really nice of them (laughs) yeah so and yeah exactly and it's pokemon obviously it's pokemon right like you have to suspend your disbelief these creatures walk around so um, I, I think maybe maybe they have to get back to. I think Ryan Reynolds's Pikachu is like the the highlight of that, right? Like that was yeah. the, the part that really sold us his humor in that. Um, so I I do think they need to to bring that back. But if they end up wanting to tell a different story, uh, you know, absolutely go for it. Like I think what I think sticks with me is like how they brought the Pokemon to like the real world, right? Like the, the how they translated these you know little Game Boy creatures that used to be like eight pixels wide into fully realized creatures in the shared world and i i don't think any any other video game maybe sonic has maybe surpassed it right like are they're on level with video game you know adaptations um, mm-hmm. now mind you i'm not counting the last of us this is an entirely different video ga- game adaptation world. this is like <laughs> fantasy yeah. more than like survival so um I, I i would love to see a second one. i know the game there's been several game versions of detective pikachu but like you're not really controlling you know a talking pikachu the whole time but um, I'd love to, to, to see this and obviously bring the humor back, right? Like, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, Mike, and I don't know if you remember, is whenever the Mr. Mime is trying to, like, they're, they're I guess, interrogating the Mr. Mime. Oh, and, like, yeah. He's, Ooh. like, talking, like, he's, like, Pikachu's trying to, like, 
I guess Ryan Reynolds is trying to say what he's miming. Like, that's not that's not it at all. He's, like, killing himself or something. It was very morbid. It was very funny. So, I absolutely love that. Um, let's move on to Hellboy, The Crooked Man. I sent this to you earlier this week, Mike. They have cast a completely... I wouldn't pick this guy, but unknown in my book <laughs> uh, as, as Hellboy in this. Uh, Jack Casey... Um, he was actually in Deadpool two in one of the in the prison breakout scene. Mike, I didn't know this at the time, but he was like one of the villains in the super, I guess, mutant prison that Deadpool had to fight to get out. Um, that's fine, whatever. He's in makeup, right? I think we discussed this. Like, you're not gonna put your hire yeah. an expensive main actor. You're gonna hide makeup the whole time. Again. Well, also, I feel like this could also maybe be a bit of a a, a budget, um, you know, mm-hmm. risk aversion thing, right? You know, I'm sure he's a great actor. No shade throw to- thrown towards him, but every single superhero kind of comic book adaptation that we've seen out there in the world on the big screen has always had a a name attached to it right and this could be maybe a a unique way to go at it right you know let's hire a guy that we don't have to shell out half the budget for um and then just make a really awesome movie around it and then we'll make him the star right you know people will love him and then we will save even more money the next time around because he'll be a star and he'll market the second movie himself um mm. we'll let's we'll see how yeah. it goes it, i mean it, i'm it, no hell i'm no hellboy expert but we all know the last one didn't do well yeah yeah it, and i i think the last one was pretty pretty true to the comic books but i think like you mentioned it's a costing right like you can't have another expensive hellboy movie and then have it completely trash at the box office right like you need to you need to, even if it's mediocre you still need to have some recoup even if it has like a, a underground audience but like they they announced some other cast too and i never heard of these people like they are literally going like as low to the ground as they can go on this casting to to save it um, yeah i think um we might have brought this up the other week but isn't mike Man- mignola he's like writing the screenplay right yeah yeah, the the creator, um, mm-hmm. I guess the writer for for Hellboy, he he's doing that. And I didn't know this, but the Crooked Man um, is a comic series from from Hellboy. Obviously, uh, the comics for that debuted in two thousand eight alongside the Golden Army movie um, as like a celeb- like part of the release of the movie. He's like, hey, here's some new comic book stories. Mm-hmm. So um, this the story hasn't been around that long, so they're pulling it right from the uh, one of the last movie franchises from it. So. Um, that's cool. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? Like for Hellboy as always. All right, buckle up. Here's where the SEO comes into play for this podcast. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. The trailer is tomorrow on Monday, so we're not gonna have it to talk about now. But if you're listening to this on Monday, you can probably catch the trailer uh, pretty pretty shortly. Well, I can Monday. get I can give everybody a little bit of a hint because I saw this trending on Twitter the other day. And there was a bit of a teaser clip that was shown at some sort of like expo or something. I don't know what it was. I was watching a video within a video when I was seeing this clip. So I don't know if that's the video we're getting tomorrow or they're just teasing the trailer coming. But it did show like little glimpses very close up of kind of like the turtles, like just of their like kind of like... I guess chest area, I guess I should say shell area, right? So you got to see a little bit of the animation and just the little glimpses that I saw were like super awesome. I'm like a very mm-hmm. excited. It feels kind of very like Puss in Boots, Last Wish, Spider-Verse, Mitchell's Machine, all that vibe. I got all of that just in those little clips. So oh, I'm so stoked for tomorrow. Yeah. So um, and, and with that, I, there were some awards this weekend and they announced the voice cast for this movie at the mm-hmm. award show. Um, so I will go ahead and tell you the turtles, all of them are actual, are voiced by actual teenage 
voice actors. Which is crazy, right? I'm it's, I'm no um uh, I'm no uh, turtles uh, historian, right? But yeah. this is maybe the first time they've ever done this. That, that is they, correct. Yeah, yeah, and and like they're I think like technically right on paper they're teenagers. You know, they could be like thirteen, fourteen, maybe uh, twelve. Uh, I'm not familiar with the kids. Uh, but I did see their pictures, right? But it's funny because in our, our heads, I think when adults picture teenagers, they're always picturing picturing twenty year olds that play teenagers in the movies yeah. and TV shows that they watch. So like, we've never really seen a literal interpretation yeah. of the word teenager. And, <laughs> yeah, and I will say most of these are eighteen and nineteen year olds. So I don't I don't want to prep people like they're twelve year olds. These are like eighteen, nineteen year olds. Like how you imagine the Ninja Turtles would be, right? Like they're on. The cusp of adulthood. If you they know. look pretty young, though. I mean, I don't know if those yeah. are just old headshots that I came across, but yeah. they they look like they yeah. are like they're Hollywood. They're, ho- they're Hollywood nineteen, right? Which, yes, which is like Hollywood the- nineteen, which means they can play uh, thirteen. Yeah, but but I did double check my line because I'm like I don't know who the hell any of these people are. So um, there's that. But we're gonna get into the the, the ancillary cast. This is where the names mm. really come to, to play for us. Um, the other main character outside the turtles is obviously Master Splinter, right? You have to have Master mm-hmm. Splinter with your turtles, and it will be voiced by Jackie Chan, the oh, martial artist himself. Oh, if you can define my childhood, you can do it very easily with TMNT and Jackie Chan movies. So that's a good mm-hmm. that's a good start, Chris. That's right, that's right. And this this list is out of out of order, but I'm going to go ahead and pick the next two. Who are always the next two turtle people that you always have to deal with? Um, Bebop would, and Rocksteady. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Seth Rogen, the, the 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 guy who's in charge of this himself, has vo- will be voicing Bebop, obviously. We, and we saw him his character with the toys last week. And John Cena will be Rocksteady. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Um, we're gonna keep going through this. Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog. Great. Uh, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, so they're going, I guess, with a female Leatherhead in this one uh, for that. Uh, Ice Cube will be the character Superfly. If you oh, will. sick. Yep. Uh, I'm going to skip a couple of these. Uh, Ayo Atterbury will be April O'Neil. Um, she, I believe, is going to be in the Fal- or the Captain America 4 movie as well. Giancarlo Esposito himself as Baxter Stockman, the, the guy who turns himself into a fly. Yes. Post Malone is Ray Filet. He's a, he, Ray Filet. Yeah. I talked about this character not long ago on the podcast, I believe, where they're selling his vintage action figure again at Target. So yeah. I have Ray Filet on my desk right now, and it's hilarious that Post Malone is going to be his voice. That's right. Uh, um, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, and Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utram, who I don't know who that is. I'm going to have to Google this real fast. But, yeah, this is a stacked voice cast, Mike, I, th- I think, as well. And, like, and this is kind of one of the awesome things, too, when you kind of look at an animated universe that we kind of saw maybe along the lines of a Spider-Verse, right, where I feel like when you kind of do these things in live action, you restrain yourself a little bit with, like, the cast and list of appearances, right, because you have to go through all of this kind of, like, visual development, VFX, like... um, you know, all of this like hardcore live action animation to bring like these kind of like, you know, monstery kind of hybrid characters to life. Right. But like an animation, you're like, no, we're going to throw them all in there. Screw it. Let's do it. Cause we just got to get the voice cast and then we'll put our viz dev artists on like drawing them up. And we kind of already know what they're supposed to look like too, because it's yeah. from like an animated world. So yeah, I would say this is one of the bonuses of, 
uh, doing fully animated. And that's not me hating on the Michael Bay turtle movies. I like those movies, and I will always yeah. fight for them. But in the 90s ones are classic too, right? Even though they're Ooh. like the little animatronics. They don't, but wouldn't hold up today, but they're, they're still fun. I did look up Cynthia Utron. Mm-hmm. Utron it, Utrons are what? Krang. He's a Krang species. So, um, the Do we have a... Um, do we have a shredder yet? I didn't see a shredder. I did not see a shredder in this. Ooh, uh, maybe they're maybe they're holding out. Maybe maybe that's going to be either he's not going to be in the movie at all, right? And they like kind of like no. tease him at the end, and then that's how we get the like the voice cast reveal. Or maybe they're saving it kind of for the for the first trailer. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. I'm I'm doing a, another quick just to see if I missed copied anything. Let's see here. Um, nope. Uh, I'm not seeing it in here. Nope. It's, no one. No one was. No All right, we'll build up to yet. it. Leave some so, surprise. I'm okay with that. Yep. Trailer tomorrow. Very excited to to watch this. You know, re- revisit that a little bit. It's the the it is the uh, I guess the turtle team and Tiasons, right? You can buy these toys everywhere. We talked about the crossovers last week or two weeks ago for like mm-hmm. way too long. Um, so uh, yeah, get 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 ready for your your turtles uh, tomorrow, and we'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, as you can tell from our thumbnail this week, we're very excited for the Haunted Mansion movie to come out. Um, a good one. Where this is not your Eddie Murphy Haunted <laughs> Mansion from 2003. This appears to be a really, really, um, I would say not craftily made movie, but like someone who really likes or really admires the the, the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've made this movie, and it looks spooky. It looks scary. It's got a, another great cast uh, as well um, in it. Um, Danny DeVito. I don't know the characters as well. I'm not as, as big of a fan as most people. I think the ride's fun, but you know, um, I see Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield. I think he's one of the big standouts, right? Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and sadly Jared Leto. Uh, so <laughs> as um, Hatbox Ghost. So uh, if you don't like uh, like just full in the flesh Jared Leto, I believe he's probably just going to be providing like voice talents and. Maybe a little bit of motion capture. I don't know what uh, he's up to. You, you think he sent used condoms to all the cast? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I forgot Ninja. about that. Uh, about that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, this, this trailer. So last time, um, so I wrote, we went we went to the Haunted Mansion when we went to Disney over over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And before that, the uh, Muppets did a Haunted Mansion special, right, uh, with mm-hmm. that. And um, this, this trailer seems pretty fun. I don't know much about it. It seems way more entertaining than the Eddie Murphy one, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Haunted Mansion down to, like, its DNA, right, is you make a kind of like a, a spooky, scary movie that you can still get kids to the theater for. So they're going to be, you know, towing, like, a line there for sure. And then you throw in the iconic characters, like uh, the thumbnail for uh, this episode has Hatbox Ghost in it, right? Yep, um, yep. I, I couldn't I couldn't quite catch the hitchhiking ghosts. But I thought yeah. that maybe there was kind of there was one there was one character. It was a woman whose face kind of dissolved. I was like, well, is that kind of hinting that maybe they're one of the hitchhiking ghosts? And then it's just like a cast of characters. That's what the ride is. So that's yeah. mainly what the movie's going to be for people that have are seasoned yeah. with the ride. I want to sit down for like two hours and just see cameos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like and and like you know, there's like a bunch of ghosts dancing and like they're singing and it's very like. You know, all the ghosts are together. They're very eclectic uh, on the on mm-hmm. the ride, and I'm just kind of going through it. There's the, um, there's the chick in the crystal ball at the beginning of the ride. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's is that a, Ma- um, Madame Leota? Is that, is that, who that is? yeah? I don't remember the name, but that's very iconic. Yeah, um, there's that. 
Uh, I do know the ride at Disney. I think they, they said it was so advanced when they made it, they haven't had to update it in years because it still looks real. I, I think it looks fun. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll know more about this. Uh, you know, kind of it comes, it's coming out in July, but I, I was pretty impressed with this, right? For for a Disney movie, yeah, um, looks fun. And yeah, and I'm glad. It, I was worried it was going straight to Disney Plus. Like that would be like a kind of like a not a red flag, but like a little asterisk. Like hey. Yeah, maybe this is good. But <laughs> are, are you good. are you are you referencing the other Disney trailer that came out last week that we're not talking about? That's going straight to Disney Plus. Uh, Peter uh, and Wendy. <laughs> well, no, I didn't watch it because I I understand that movie is not for us um, at all. <laughs> well, I think if we were to talk about it, which it sounds like we're vaguely talking about it right yeah, now, vaguely. the only thing I would bring up is like who is choosing how to color grade and color correct movies right. nowadays. It just looks so muddy and lifeless and devoid of joy, which is the opposite of yeah. what Peter Pan should be. It's, so and Peter Pan's that, like very colorful, right? Like, you know, yeah. he's wearing green and he's got a red yeah. feather in his hat. And like. it makes sense that you maybe would see those colors, right? And like the London scenes, right? But once you go to Neverland, it's this, you should be taking that saturation slider all the way across your like yeah, three a, monitor setup, right? Like, you want that yeah. all the way maxed out, and they they didn't even touch it. <laughs> it, it I, I would say exactly. And I didn't look at it. Um, you know, there's obviously controversy that we're not going to discuss because I don't think it's for us to talk about. Like, but like, it, I know that movie was not made for you and me, Mike, and, and that's fine. <laughs> but I agree in in terms of production, that is a mistake in terms of production. So absolutely need to really make that pop and make it make it look good. But Someone needs this, to sneak in and recalibrate their mount monitors. <laughs> exactly. I and I think the Haunted Mansion is a it's dark and spooky, but that fits the 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 actual story for this to bring it back to the topic. So um check out that trailer in our show notes. Uh the other trailer we have in our show notes is something I didn't know this was even in the works. It's a show called Agent Elvis, uh coming to Netflix. An animated adult series. And really I watched it, I'm like, this is Archer. But they couldn't get Archer, so <laughs> yes. it's Elvis. Um, so uh, seems to be the same thing. Elvis is indestructible, super spy who does everything, and then they have a monkey with him who cannot order um, strippers and cocaine apparently um, because he explicitly told him this time. I'm like, okay, this this show is like really just pushing the Archer vibes as much as they can do without saying it's Archer, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I only really had like two thoughts when it came to uh, this show. Um, I never hold out hope for anything animated on Netflix anymore, right? You know, if this since this is an animated show, this was definitely at least in development, you know, three years ago. So mm. if if it doesn't do like really good numbers, no way it gets more episodes because that's just how Netflix operates now. So I'm probably not going to watch it until I hear people talk about how good it is, which I know is counterintuitive to getting things to a second season but that's not my responsibility world. So mm. I probably won't join in until like the second or third season. I, I don't, uh, I don't think that I don't think we're the audience either. I'm not an Elvis person. So like for me, well, I was like, I think okay. that's the, that's the additional advantage, right? Since I, um, uh, was it, uh, there, there was a, there was a, since we're not Elvis people, there was a Presley that just recently passed, and I believe yeah. she was involved in the show. So I don't know exactly how the rights of all the music works, but there is Elvis music in the trailer. So if there's Elvis music in like every episode, that's like a musical cheat code, right? Like Elvis yeah. songs are not cheap. They're like I would put them in at least in my mind of like Beatles classification of licensing. So if it's just like Elvis music from like front to back all season, like that might so, just be worth yeah. you know the, you know quote unquote the price of admission 
Yeah, so two things. Um, I did I did know it was it's Priscilla Presley who was married to Elvis, um, who did not. She's not dead yet. She's still alive. It was their daughter, Lisa Marie, who died. Oh, okay. Um, um, so Priscilla, so knowing that it was you know Elvis's wife uh, at one point um, has essentially um, given the blessing to use this Elvis and all the music is is pretty cool. I think that's that's really adds to like you mentioned the authenticness of it right like it's not like mm-hmm. hey we're gonna do like a midi version of an elvis song so we don't get sued for doing it um it also kind of gave me johnny bravo vibes like if johnny bravo grew up yeah and, like, kind of was like yeah, 21 the, plus the, yeah the art direction everything seems a little bit more 2d and angular where archer yeah. really kind of goes for that kind of cell shaded three kind of three-dimensional vibe yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said before, and, I'm gonna wait until I hear things. Well, <laughs> well, we're missing we're missing the best part is number one is Don Cheadle is uh, like his handler, like the Nick Fury of this world, if you will. And number two Ooh. is Matthew McConaughey doing Elvis, like he is the yeah. Voice that of is Elvis pretty surprising. That is a very premium voice lead for Elvis, and I would imagine that probably was part of the deal, right? We're like, you're yeah. not gonna make a show about Elvis, my husband, right? Yeah. <laughs> without like an amazing voice that i can really get into (laughs) and what's great is most of this trailer he doesn't say anything like i figure like there's (laughs) going to be like maybe three lines an episode right like but we got matthew mcconaughey um so i think that's they listen they're paying by the word here they have to be very creative And if you notice at the end, there are like two extra, three extra pages of voice actors, like, right, like, you know, comedians mm-hmm. and, and other people. I'm like, okay, they are trying to do this, but like, boy, this came out of left field, uh, if you will, for me. So um, I, I might I might drop the, the first episode or, you know, see what reactions are pretty early, like first couple weeks. But after, after March, it's probably going to be off my radar for a while um, for that. Do you remember, uh, side note, when... Uh, Reese's did the peanut butter and banana cups for Elvis. Um, um like vaguely, fifteen yes. years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like peanut butter. Um, let alone oh, with they, banana. They should but... bring them back. This is the perfect yeah, I excuse know. to bring exactly. them back. It's peanut butter, um, um, banana, and marshmallow on Reese's cups. And I'm like, those oh. are like perfect April, like Easter flavors. Too. They like, they have the they have the mallow cups out right now. You just have to add yeah. the banana. You're almost exactly. there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I totally see those coming back this year uh, in that. All right, so we're at the hour mark, and at the hour mark, that means we get to talk Mandalorian um, for this. So if you've not seen Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, go watch it, come back. Um, I will say it is one of the shortest episodes for the Mandalorian, uh, but that's okay in my book. I don't need a, a yes. two-hour-long debut episode for something we're getting back into. But... It was really cool to get back into it, so we're gonna go ahead full spoilers. If you've not seen it, you know the time codes. Get out of here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about every it. single time. I forget how infectious Grogu yeah. is when he pops up on the screen, and it's just it's just a joy seeing that little quirky green glob just walking around grabbing things he ain't supposed it's, to. It's the it's the best part of the show. It, is it me or is he making more sounds lately in this episode? Like he's like. I would like He's, baby sounds, like like yeah, making I, I, ver- vocal noises more than usual. Yeah, he seems a little bit more goo goo gaga in the past, and I yeah. don't hate that. You know, he's no, just no, getting no. more he, comfortable with around his daddy. He, he's growing. So apparently, uh, John Favreau's like he was with Luke for two years before um, oh. he, was, he went back with uh, Mando. Yeah, and everyone's I didn't like, expect "What?" That. 
Yeah. So that that, I, I that was, was not clearly shown in the narrative, yeah. and I would say if that's important coming forward, they're gonna have to clear that I, up a little bit. I don't think it. I don't think it's important, but I, I do think we're going to see a more. Um, I wouldn't say independent Grogu, but maybe one who has his force powers honed in a little bit more, right? Because every time you use him in the past, he'd pass out, right? So mm-hmm. I, I we've seen the trailer. I think he's gonna, you know, hit a big monster later. And he was what, what was he doing in this one? He's he grabbing candy. Force. He's just yeah. grabbing candy. He's not even asking. Yeah. So I think we're gonna see a little more of an independent Grogu in terms of like his powers and like as a backup and slash sidekick. Um, really cool to see IG uh, Eleven back. Um, especially for all the couple seconds that uh, Taika Waititi returned <laughs> to voice him. Um, and I believe that's going to be a longer, longer term story, right? Um, yeah, I feel like we're on like a fetch quest almost. I feel like I'm within a video game and this mm-hmm. is like just kind of like the setup tutorial episode. And, um, and, yeah. yeah. And, well, it was fun to see the um, Babu Frick species, right? Like kind of work on them a little bit. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was great. The the uh-huh. shot of a Mando setting like cross leg style in the shop was hilarious. I was looking for uh-huh. like one of those websites that does uh, screen caps. Uh, they didn't have them up like the day I watched it, right? But I'm sure they're out there now. <laughs> like I want to make that like my cover photo online. I just that yeah. shot was like so funny because like, he cares and- like so much. Like Mando will just like he'll like Mando is like the the perfect personification of like you know the quote unquote straight man, right? Where yeah. like whenever you put him in like a, a wacky or an abnormal situation it's just funny well and and like he's like following their manners right he's like in there with mm-hmm. them not he's not sitting outside like grief was like you know yelling at them he's like in there mm-hmm. with them um and i thought it was fun to see creatures about the size of grogu and he's like trying to grab them and like yeah. take take them uh, it's like you can't pick them up <laughs> yeah he's like bad baby uh so i, I thought that was really fun you know it's it's like coming back with the Mandalorian cast, you're like, you know, it, it was very familiar, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, this is fun. These are familiar. I need something comforting, a comfort show, and this is my comfort mm-hmm. show right here. Yeah. Uh, I really have to, that. like, I really have to reframe my brain, though, I feel like when I'm watching The Mandalorian, because I know I'm watching, like, a premium streaming Star Wars show, right? But compared to uh, Andor, which we just came off of not too long ago, like Andor is like really hardcore into the narrative and the story and the interpersonal drama of all these overlapping story arcs, right? And I think that's Mm. probably like overall like my preferred version of television. It's not the only version of television I like, but it is my my preferred version. So then trying to shift over to The Mandalorian, which it just feels very like Saturday morning episodic type of deal. So, like, I really have to, like, recalibrate my brain of just, like, okay, when I watch The Mandalorian, I'm not going to get these big revelations or these, like, huge moments that change the the person's, like, worldview, you know, every episode, right? Like, the episode yeah. just kind of ends with him just chatting with uh, what's-her-face in a, in a Mandalorian yeah, in like a castle, and like it wasn't even really like a cliffhanger. It was, she was just kind of like, "I won't get in your way," but like, good yeah. luck. There's poison down there, so yeah, it's yeah. You just, I just kind of have to reframe my brain. I'm not saying it's well, bad; it's just very different. And 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 you know, to think this came from, um, you know, the the what's his name, um, John Favreau. John and, Favreau. What's the, the other guy's name? Where's Floney, Floney, who is used to using episodic cartoons, right? Like he, that's his yes. role. Like, and 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 I, you know, what was really cool is like we pick up with all these characters. Like, I didn't feel out of place, right? Like, it didn't feel like we hadn't watched this show in almost two years ourselves. Um, I was like, oh, this is really fun to 
you know, we get to see Bo-Katan, we get to see, you know, Mando and the ship and, and Grogu. Um, and I, I think the next episode is going to, again, kick up some action, right? Like, you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we and I, we, you and I have talked about this. We, we've heard things about the second episode. Um, and it's supposed to kick up some action. Really excited. I, I like that they're just going for it as well, right? Like, you know, the, 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 you mentioned the Fest Quest, but at the same time, like, they kind of skipped over IG, like, IG-11 thing. Like, okay, great, but now I'm also going to Mandalore. Like, I'm not messing around. Like, right? He's like, I'm going to go to Mandalore and figure this out. And we don't, I don't think we're going to have to wait long to see that planet. Um, with the way this yeah, they, ended at all. Yeah, and I'm really curious what it's going to look like, what's going to be left over there. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have an explanation why nobody has been there because there's this possibility that it's been poison, which just yeah. made me think of Wally because we rewatched it the other week. So I was like, oh, this is just Wally. They're looking for signs of life so they can go back, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, yep. uh, the man, like I, I get it story wise, but I'm just like this blacksmith just needs to cut Mando a break. <laughs> She's just like yeah. he literally saved all of you from a gigantic meth gator, yeah. right? And yeah. like you guys are just like, no, you're not back in the club. It's like, what? Well, what's a guy gotta do? I, I forgot the intro because I was like, I was like, I was watching, and my wife, I'm like, is this a, is this like the Mandalorian's? Like, is this his first time? Yeah, he got his the helmet. Or present, yeah. and then it happens, and then I'm like, no, this is this is this is modern time. Like, I. I Got it, and I'm like, I bet he comes in and saves the day, and then there he was with the ship. I'm like, you gotta yeah. pick a better place to have your picnics, man. Like, if there's giant gator threat, like, just go, yeah. go like across the way. There's gotta be a smaller body of water with that's yeah, less. Just do it. Less do it inside. Do it inside. Yeah. No. no don't don't let them know you're there. Uh, the other thing I'm just gonna say, which is a really fun uh, Easter egg for Rebels and um, uh, the possibly the upcoming Ahsoka show, is when early on in the episode they're flying through hyperspace, right? And you get mm-hmm. to see uh, hyperspace, and it looks like there are these whales out in the hyperspace, like these creatures. Those are Pergil, uh, which are actually from the Rebels show and the Ahsoka show, because those are what uh, not Ahsoka um, Ezra Bridger uses to take him and the um, uh, Thrawn away into the outer rim away from the planet so it's really really cool to see that for the first time in live action my mind went to the the solo movie when they're doing the kessel run there's like some sort of galactic creature out there i didn't assume it was the same one but i was like oh yeah they have kind of established that there are just creatures that live in space i mean we do get to see it right in the original star wars trilogy but the monster is technically living in an asteroid so you could say that like it actually lives there not in space um yeah so that was pretty cool yeah, and the Pergil are the only creatures that we know of that can travel at hyperspace themselves. Like, mm-hmm. they are going as fast as light, or hyperspace, however fast that is. So I, th- I thought that's a really cool thing that will probably come back, you know, pay either later in the season yeah. or when the Ahsoka show comes around. Yeah. At, at and before life. we forget, I'm sure you can explain this to me 100%, Chris, uh, the pirates that are in this episode. <laughs> yes, uh, never I... seen them before. You've never really? Are, yeah, are you being yeah. s- s- sarcastic? Because they, they look literally like they are characters ripped straight from like an episode arc of like the Clone Wars. But since I hadn't seen all of the Clone Wars, like a, a completionist would, I was like, did I miss the episode where they were pirates? Because they look like they're this, almost like the same like costume style and they were just kind of plucked out of the episode and into live action. They looked great. They looked awesome. I was oh, like, yeah. I want more pirates. These guys look really cool. I love the man thing, swamp thing looking dude. He looks like that in the cross between like a, a brute from Halo mm-hmm. series. Like, I was like, he's like a big mossy dude on a pirate. But like, I've never even known, uh, like this was a, a a real 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm so character. shocked. I I was uh, expecting to come to the podcast this week and be like, oh, Mike, did you see the pirates? Yeah, those were in episode like, you know, fourteen of season four of the Clone Wars. Yeah, that guy nope. was you know chatting with Obi Wan or whatever. You know. Yeah. Now I can tell you maybe maybe his like little. Um uh, the other dudes on the planet were like you know um familiar they kind of maybe look like the boba fett dudes that he kills i think mm-hmm. um but like i don't i don't i don't know I, I i was like i don't know any of these dudes and they're i i looked up and like they've not been in anything else before so like you're not the first person to ask me this they're like oh where's that guy from i'm like he's new for the show so um, well, look at that we I, got brand new star wars characters we have a we had a new uh marvel character at the top of the show yeah yeah, so. it's, it's almost like we're saying Hollywood can do new things if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I, I again I was down for it. Like I don't think I don't think this dude uh is going to just be a one and done either. Like the this this mossy dude. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna come back. They don't go to all that trouble of designing like a cool looking giant pirate ship and this green grassy captain and and they don't come back around. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, I looked it up again just to confirm. Uh, first appearance, Mandalorian chapter seventeen. Well, so, all right. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that was cool. I honestly um, felt good to be back in the Mandalorian uh, era. Short thirty-five less minute less episode. Really, mm-hmm. really good. I do say the one thing I want to say is Ludwig Göransson provides the the themes, but he is no longer the main composer for the episodes. Um, he's moved on to do other stuff, and that's fine. I didn't notice, you know, huge differences throughout the episode, right? The the intro and outro themes all the same. So, um, I'm glad he set the pace, and whoever's picking up is is doing a good job in in the interim along the way. Um, and we are back for how many how many episodes? I believe it's eight. So I we no got, <laughs> I think it's eight episodes. Um, how many episodes of The Last of Us are left? That was what I was going to ask you. Is it after? Uh, is it two I, I believe after there's. Today? I believe there's nine episodes of The Last of Us total. I don't remember what episode airs tonight. Uh, maybe okay. it's seven airs tonight, and there's two more after that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, one second. So uh, seven is tonight. So yeah, eight, and nine, okay. so two more after this. So I knew it was getting close. I was like, mm-hmm. they're in snow territory, and snow territory is the back half of the game. Yes, correct. So, uh, um, so that was cool. So yeah, I, I hadn't been following up on that, but yeah. So great, we're we're in a, a renaissance. Bad Batch is still going, by the way, and um, you know I'm, I'm caught up on it. Very very um, fun. Uh, one of the voice actors uh, is Yuri Lowenthal, who does the voice acting for Spider Man in the games and um, like the 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 PS4 game, PS5 mm-hmm. games. And as soon as he showed up, I'm like, I know who that is. I'm like, I can't <laughs> not see Spider Man around this character. But he play, he played a really a really good really good character in that. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm for that so but yeah anyways um anything else mike i think i think that's it right mandalorian no every week yeah yeah good point though uh last of us is wrapping up soon uh i'm sure we'll do a a season wrap up here in a couple weeks so stay tuned for that uh and then in two weeks i think we'll be talking about shazam fury Mm -hmm. of the gods and (laughs) my my wife finally watched the first one uh she hasn't seen it (laughs) since it came out she's like yeah it was funny i'm like well you teach fifth graders so I think that's wow. right. Shots that's fired right. by Chris. No, no, like that. That's like you know her humor, her audience. Like she's around that all the time. I'm like Shazam would not, be a great not, movie. Not for shots, players. not shots fired at your wife. I'm yeah, shots fired at the Shazam movie. Well, that's fine. I mean, you. I mean, have you rewatched it since it came out? Uh, I have. Yeah. Okay. All right. When? 
Oh, God. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm just messing with you. So, yeah, yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks is um, Shazam. Uh, and then after that, I, I want to do Mario Brothers. I, I mean, I know it's. Oh, uh, we, we gotta. I mean, that's it's our whole super in right? the name, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I just picked up, I don't know, maybe it was, was it this week or last week? All three copies of Mario 1, 2, and 3 on NES cartridges. Mm-hmm. Secondhand. I was loving it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you could, good point there. Anything else? Be good? Yeah, I think people, that's it, man. All right, people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to find you. Where are you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87, if people know more about the show, uh, and get ready for these reviews, listen to our older reviews. Where can they find those at? As always, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the headquarters for everything we do over here at Superhero Slate. And you can find our awesome show notes over there. Uh, we Chris uh, had some awesome links in the notes this week, so you can hit that up at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Uh, all the way over there. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love it when you reach out and tell us what you think about the show uh uh super fan of the show uh jeremy Penn reached out uh gave me his thoughts on ant-man and the and the wasp quantumania uh and then uh super fan jim of course always in my dms sharing uh funny gifts and i always appreciate that so mm. uh, what i'm saying is feel free to slide into our dms and do goofy yeah. things we appreciate that um and if you want to be a super fan that's really easy to do all you have to do is share the show with a friend Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. Or pay fifteen dollars, and we'll give you that check mark. <laughs> fan status. Yes, there and, we'll, go. and we'll see you next week. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.